Early in the morning, totally devoted. We got another goat from the city of Brighton, the 810. My dog, my friend for about 20 years, Mr. Kevin Norman. Thank What's you for joining the show. Good to Pleasure see you, to be here, Mara. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I got my guy here now. Just so you guys know, uh, Kevin is an athlete, football player, basketball player. He's also an artist. He's a creator. Yes. He's an actor. Um, he might be a rapper. He might yeah. be a singer. I don't know what he's got in his bag. Um, tell me everything that you do and let the people know like what you got going on right now, man. Um, right now... More or less acting, uh, full-time out in Hollywood, acting. You can find me every now and then selling a little bit of that uh, Devil's Lettuce Hello? as well, right <laughs> off Ventura Boulevard, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you work for a dispensary in, in uh, Los Angeles. Yes, yeah. Yep. I help manage that dispensary in Los Angeles with my lady. And then outside of that, 30 hours a week in an acting studio, Hell yeah. collaborating left and right. We got uh, The studio's got something coming out that just got invited to Kane's Film Festival. So No way. Yes, You're sir. going to Cannes. Yes. Let's go. Yes, dude. I am very excited for that. Uh, and then we got That's another huge, production Kev. That's on the huge, way. That's huge, Kev. Mm-hmm. Bro, yeah. Yeah. This is like, I, I'm just doing my work, staying in line, pushing myself, and like, uh, you know, Stay positive in the right time. Everything will happen. So, uh, you know, anyone that you guys watch the show, you know, I spent some time in L.A. And when I got there, my dog was already established there um, doing his thing. So tell me how your love of acting was born and how it grew and developed into what it is now. Because when I was acting in the high school plays, you weren't you weren't with me. Nah, nah, <laughs> not at that time. Nah, not at nah. that time. It was funny because I would literally, uh, our our football coach would make fun of me, like, dude, you're gonna go to acting practice. I would leave. Yeah. I would leave football to go to acting to go to a rehearsal, mm-hmm. and um, it was just you know it was a, it was a balance, but it was something I loved at the time, and um, you know you always supported me um, through those Very endeavors. Much. So like, tell me about the birth of your love of acting and how it's developed into you know all the opportunities that you have right now, and then talk about some of the things that you've been in. Uh, so as far as like. How I got into this, uh, I was bartending down in Houston, Texas at Clay Inspire, which are two of the top nightclubs down there. They actually ended up, this guy was like, yo, you should be an actor. <laughs> I kid you not, I laughed in his face. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he's like, no, for real, you're doing it right now. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And long story short, to speed it up, he ended up sending me to Neil Hamill Agency in Houston, Texas, they, where I sat down with, where I didn't know now, the owner of the agency. And I had like, a full-on like Jim Carrey beard rocking dude with like hair down to here. And he just was like, uh, what are you here for? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm here because Sean Wally sent me. That was the guy's name. I'll never forget that. And uh, he was like, okay, let me see your, prof- your, like, your profile and everything you have. And I was like, I don't have anything. Yeah. So he's like, all right, see you later. And as I go to open the door to leave, another agent was like, oh, you're Kevin Norman? And I was like, yeah. So I go and she's like, sit down. I'll talk to you in just a minute. I sit down, talk to her. She signs me. Six months later, they send me to New York. I compete against like 5,000 other actors in my age range and ended up coming out second out of like 5,000 people for, out of, and we did 13 different activities like monologues, runway walks, fashion prints, uh, comedy, improv. And I was like, holy crap, this is like the real deal. I can right. really do this. And the only reason why I ended up doing that is because I quit watching a ton of Netflix shows because I was like, these actors are terrible. <laughs> and then because I'm a believer, I was like, yo, God, why are you putting this thought in my head? Right. Why are you allowing me to think that these people are bad. I was like, all right, let's dabble in it. And then that happened. And I gained a scholarship to go out to LA for another, what they called week long intensive called meet Hollywood. And at that intensive, I got pulled out of the intensive by a producer to be like, yo, you should be in my Netflix show. And I was like, this is happening so fast. Right. What is going on? 
So we go, we shoot this Netflix episode. What was the name of that uh, that episode? It was called... It, it never ended up making it to Netflix. Okay, but it was a pilot <clears throat> or something? It was the pilot, and it was called Seven Hills, which was basically like Orange is the New Black, but imagine teenage version. Gotcha. So there was like eight girls living in a halfway house, and I was the boyfriend who was sneaking in drugs and at night sneaking in, sleeping with the girls. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was, it was a fun Nothing little, like you. No, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Well-mannered man here, Pierre. Easy there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Um, but, uh, but no, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, you got that opportunity. And then what next? So, I, I, they tell me, move out there January 1st, 2019. So, I literally pack up everything. At the time, you were living there. in Houston. In Houston. Right. Right. And I pack up the truck, grab a U-Haul, drive out there, and don't hear anything for four months. Wow. And I was like, what is going on? So I ended up emailing the guy two or three times. He's not hit me back. Finally, randomly, one day my phone calls. He called and he, I answered. And he's like, hey, is this Kevin Norman? I was like, yeah. And it was the producer for the show that ended up pulling me from that week-long intensive. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry to tell you, but Netflix shelved our script, which means they gave all the funding for our script to a feature film. Wow. So I was like, so here I am in Hollywood, only there to do what I thought moved there to do. And I was like, well, I can't run back home now. I moved here for a reason. Let's find that acting studio that when I was there for the intensive, <clears throat> we took a like a four hour class with. And in that class, the coach played a game called uh, Truth or Lie. So everybody went up. You had 60 seconds. Tell a story. The acting coach will tell you if it was truth or a lie. Yeah. And I was one of the two people that actually stumped the teacher. Right. And I told a lie about how my girlfriend died because of cancer. And here I am in Hollywood trying to act like for her now because she wanted me to pursue my dream. Yeah. Total lie. But I ended up <laughs> being able to cry during it and everything. Yeah. And the whole class was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that happened. This and that. And I was like, it was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, coach was just like, Kevin Norman. Yeah. Please. Look me up anytime you move out here. Whenever yeah. you move out here, just come to my studio. Right. So I was like, I ended up finding this studio, and literally that's where I'm at now, which is a mad acting studio with Max Decker out there. And I've came come leaps and bounds from the actor that I was because I look back at first projects, and it's a it's a joke. No, that's it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, man. And and um, you know, ever since you had told me about your studio, I had been following them, and and a lot of working actors yes. out of there, and a lot yes. of big projects coming out of there. Um, and you know, I uh, uh I was loving meeting your kind of crew and your mm -hmm. your group of people that were kind of creating this art and kind of working for each other yes. it was really really special so tell me about some of the projects that you've been in um uh since uh joining i know you had recently mm -hmm. done um out of bounds yep. uh with some of the groups uh members of your acting studio yes. like tell me some of the projects that you've been in and um you know what's what's to come for kevin norman uh right now so i was in that out of bounds that was with the bell twins you can find them on disney's movie safety uh, and C.K. Bellato, uh, you can find him on tons of shows. Tam and Pommy on H Tam and Tom and Pammy on HBO. But as far as like for me, I just I did that. I was in a play called Clown Bar where I got to actually play. There was four different uh, times that we went up, and I was able to play four or three different roles. And in two of the viewings or, or showings, I was actually two roles in one show yeah oh so sweet. that was really cool i was like half the time i was one role and then i ended up playing like the basically the joker of of the thing so at you. the end i took off all yeah. my clothes was fully tatted white skinned up and i was the main villain at the end because it's all about like it's like moulin rouge meets joker gotcha you're trying, they're trying to get to the joker the whole time yeah that's really awesome that you've had the opportunity to both be on the stage 
yes. in in a um in, in a, a multicam setting in a yep. single cam setting as well uh because you know the the stage acting the emphasis and the urgency is like so high it's so yes. intense and it really allows you in those um you know in those private moments on in a single camera on a multicam situation to like really harness that urgency mm-hmm. but make it more real you know yes. what i mean oh yeah and um that's really great so there and then as far as like i've got like three projects that are in the works now but nothing that has come out yet so like as far as ndas go i can't really talk too too much about them but well, we i can't play a, a western guy so i'm talking the whole time with an accent and i'm like intimidating people yeah and then uh another one where i'll be playing like a uh cokehead Yep. The C it's a CEO's son who's a cokehead. So imagine like Anchorman meets the office. Okay. Type show. It's, <laughs> okay. it's hilarious. And then uh, another one I get to play uh, a Viking. So Sick. straight up I love transforming into these different characters so that you're like, oh man, that, that was Kevin? Yeah. What? Like I don't want people to recognize me on the screen or on stage. That's so dope. Yeah. Uh we've talked about it in private, but I'm curious because your answer may have changed in the maybe a year or so since I've asked you. But what is your dream role? Oh man, that is a good one. Uh, you could give me, I'll give you two opportunities to answer, like yep. in a series, like in a TV series okay. or in a movie. So you could have like maybe, um, you know, one or one or two answers, either or. So in a series, I think my dream role would be, I can't get like too specific with it, but it would be more or less to be seen as the villain. But by the end of the series, you're rooting for me. Got you. So got some you. guy that you're just like, I hate him, but I love him. And why so? And yeah. it's because like by the end of the series, you would watch my character develop into somebody who has good morals. Yeah. But might be like Wolverine and willing to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Like a lot of those Christopher Nolan uh, villains, you know. Yes. Um, or Breaking Bad, Walter White. Right. Where it's like he's the greatest guy ever, but he was doing some wrong things. Right. But like you still wanted to see him succeed. Right. But exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like there is an endearing quality. Yes. And there's a, uh, it's kind of like a, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions type of situation. Yes, yeah, very much so. For sure. And then um, movies, man, dream role. That, that's a hard one to answer because I, I love getting into so many different characters that you wouldn't think I'd be able to play. So that one would probably be like, I mean, I'm, I've am i been a Marvel kid since I could read. So right. that would definitely, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you think is the, um, maybe the genre or the emotion or the scene that you think people might not expect you to be able to conquer, but like you want that challenge. Like, is there a certain emotion or something that you want to portray that, like, maybe um, you know uh, you'd be typecast not to do something, but you know you can handle? Uh, it's interesting because right now I've I'd be I'm typecasted a lot as uh, the villain. Really? Or, yeah. Which see, I don't, I don't, right? I don't see you that way. You know what Nobody I mean? Nobody does. Which yeah. is why I was like, and even me at first, I was like, why? But it's like physically with like my deep brow, and when I give you like the yeah. look, people in are the like, hair oh. right now. Yes, yeah, it's so, it's outlawish. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but I, I love it because at the end of the day, every villain doesn't believe they're a villain. Right. They have in their mind they're doing it for a good cause. So I've come come to learn that. And really, when you like embrace that, you make the crowd question why he's the villain. Right. So like I've I've really come to embrace that, and and I love that. And I'm guessing you could probably find me in the future as the main villain. Oh, that's like that, that's that's such an insight into the actor's mind, guys. And honestly, like for me, like that's very profound. Like you have 
Think of like the biggest villains in history, right? Like, like your Hitlers or your, um, you know, just people that have been involved in monster genocides or monster bad things. You're right, dude. In their head, they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so for them, it's like noble. Yeah. But for the rest of us watching, it's like, what, what, are, you what are you like? What is wrong with you? Yes. And that balance is so powerful. So thank you for the insight on that. I think that's oh, yeah. very profound. I think. How about for you, bro? How about oh, for you man. on the screen, man? What are you trying? Wow. What, what's your dream role? Great question. So um, my dream role, I would love I would love to be um, a sports or an entertainment agent in Ari Gold or like a Jerry Maguire. You know, okay. I think I could do well with something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I could do well with something like that. I'd also love like um, I'd also love somebody that you can um, you can laugh at, like a, um, an Andy Dwyer, um, yeah. uh, uh, a Kevin from The Office. Like one thing that I love about acting, and I try to tell people all the time when, when they ask me, is that the beauty of it is like your whatever role you know it, it you know sometimes. You, an actor has such a long shelf life, so some it's kind of unfair to remember just one role. Oh yeah. But but a guy like a Kevin um, uh, uh, from The Office, like dude, he got that role when he's in his late thirties, forties, whatever it is, and it's iconic. Yeah. And whenever that comes, it comes. But you can be an iconic a role you can tell an amazing story no matter what age you are that's the beauty yeah of samuel acting. jackson didn't get to start till he was in his 40s yeah dude his early and, 40s and all of a sudden he's yeah he's the man yeah exactly <laughs> and and as heartbroken as i am uh, about having to move home for you know and, and we talked about it a little bit on our show but a little bit of health reasons a little bit of family reasons mm -hmm. um i my my passion for acting is is not um has not wavered um Good. i would love the opportunity to continue to do that and i'm kind of Talking oh, you to, get it. You I'm talking. I'm talking about getting back into it a little bit, but just the opportunities aren't as vast here. Um, I know that they're doing a lot you of self tape, them, bro. And What's you're up? Be exactly. doing that. I, I, luckily, I mean, we're, we're creating this company to be able to tell our stories, um, and hopefully one day, you know, we'll get to that point where we can get back into acting from from our side, but or maybe oh, produce, speak or it. maybe produce. So speak it out there. Put we'll, that energy we'll out see. there, bro. It'll we'll happen. See. We'll see. Um, right now here. Uh, you know, we we do a lot of talking and we talk about reality TV shows. Uh, would you ever hey, do reality TV? That's funny. Um, I don't think so. I've been asked multiple times already to be on shows. Yeah. Uh, Name drop. Big Brother. Yep. When they had the Houston series, uh, I was moving out of Houston. They asked me if I wanted to stay and be a part of that. I think yeah. that was back in like 2016 or 17. Um, and then... Other than that, I was asked to be on uh, Too Hot to Handle on MTV. Get out of here. Yeah, and Love Island. <laughs> oh, okay. And, I mean, imagine trying to tell your significant other, hey, I'm going to go on this show. <laughs> yeah. So right. I was like, ah. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I don't want to be seen in that reality TV starlight because I just feel like a lot of actors who have uh, dove into that don't mm -hmm. kind of get stuck in that. Right. And even if they do have acting pieces here or there, people always love them for the reality stuff. For sure. Instead of like their ability to portray characters on screen. And that's totally. and you, why I and love that acting is to not be me. Exactly. On and you talked about like you don't want to be recognizable on TV. Nope. So or TV or the silver screen. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's like 
you know, obviously being on reality TV, that's you're recognizable for who you are. So yes. I would have, I was hoping you would say no. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, ho I was hoping you would say no. I mean, you never know. You might get an opportunity that you can't yep. pass up. Um, but uh, I was hoping you'd say no because I really, really believe that your path is um, in the fi in the uh, fiction. Yeah, because uh, my, category. my uh, dispensary as well. Yeah, this is a little insight here. Joe Rogan was trying to produce a weed reality TV show where you watch the dispensary and everything that happens inside. Oh, no way. Yeah, and so our owner sent him a little, sent him a little letter and everything, but he told us that we weren't big enough because oh. my shop only has like 12 to 15 employees, but okay. it's like, bro, you could really get to know all of us then. Right, you're yeah. right. So yeah. like something like that the would be fun. Lines, yeah. Or it's more like work-related and or like uh, something physically challenging related yeah. would be fun yeah for sure but i wouldn't want to be like in some kind of house where it's like hey watch it for the drama right the drama. Exactly. i'm like come on man. yeah a lot of that stuff and we 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 deal with it all the time on the shows that we cover and whatever like there's too much manufactured and like the shows aren't scripted but the situations are yeah. you know what they're I mean? not scripted but they'll make sure you look like how they want you to look right exactly and they're situationally like, put together certain yes ways, and so. this is like they would get to portray me how they wanted to instead of how I am. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Um, what do you think about the podcast space in general? Um, I know, obviously, you're coming looking at it from a different lens, being in L.A., where everybody... One thing that I try to let people know um, about L.A., is one thing that's different here than it is there mm. is when if you go there and you say your wildest dream, it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's no. actually achievable. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. It's mm -hmm. actually you can literally go to the store and bump into Mr. Wonderful and he can invest in your company. Like that's how crazy yeah. LA is. And it moves fast. And too. it moves fast. Yes. Exactly. And it moves fast because the decision makers are right there. Yep. You know? So um you know, what do you think about the podcast space in general? And what do you think like the future is for, you know, the me media in terms of storytelling um, and talk about a little bit about the strike going on right now? Yeah, uh, I think is I think podcasts are great. I think free media is great. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the future. A lot of podcasts will be where people get their information from. Yeah, because it's completely uncensored. Right. And you get to hear truth behind things or. I say that with a grain of salt, though, because everybody's... <laughs> their truth. Everybody's words are their truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and if I don't believe it, let me Google it. And if you Google it, you can find out if they're wrong or right, depending on which article you want to read. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's the scary part of it. Uh, I think everybody needs to be a little bit more aware into doing their own research instead of listening and reverberating. Yeah. Because you get a lot of that out in L.A. For like, sure. Like, did you hear this person said this? It's so true. And it's like, did you do any research when you were listening to that said <laughs> yeah. person? Yeah, because I didn't know they were an authority on this particular topic. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's how, exactly. How it is. And I'm not like um, I'm not like a, 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 a shut up and act or shut up and dribble person per se. I think everyone yeah. deserves to have their platform. Yes. It's just like whoever. Um, that's kind of like my thing here, and I intend. I literally intend to have differentiating opinions where somebody that I work with or somebody that I support or somebody that I invest in is going to have a totally different opinion than another person that I invest in. And they might hate each other. Yes. That yep. might, that's mm -hmm. to me, that's journalism. It's entertaining and, too. And, yeah. And it's entertaining, you know, and, and if I don't give everybody a voice, um, you know, that's a thing now don't be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're working under go media, don't be offensive, but yep. I'm also not going to refrain you from, from offending people because yep. if that's, if, you know, if that's what it is, you know, that's what it is. Is. And you know if we gotta we gotta make something happen. We'll make something happen. But yeah, uh, it's all about free voice. Question people. Correct. People get so upset when you just question them, or at least on the West Coast they do, because it'll be they'll be, for instance, they'll just come up and be like, "Oh, did you hear about this?" And be like, "I had no idea about that." And they're just like, 
they go straight to, well, let me tell you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I, I didn't ask to be told that. And then right. if you don't agree with that right away, they're like, well, why do you think that? What's wrong with you? Right. You're so blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, I didn't even ask for your opinion in the first place, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, exactly. Let's and just smoke a J and chill. Right, literally. <laughs> I don't want to, and, and it's funny you said that. I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to ask you about anything political, um, but um, it is, it is uh, a, a landscape and a, and a time yes. where it's hard to to speak your truth and do that for fear of blackball or for fear of cancel or whatever oh, and that's I, on both sides right I hate that so so and it's something that we've been talking about here um, with um with someone else I can't say hey. but uh, uh, it's it's something that you know you know you gotta let uh, 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 let's take it to comedy you gotta let a comedian be a comedian yes you know man. what I mean you gotta yes. let a comedian be a comedian and if you can't handle the heat bro stay the fuck out the kitchen and a joke is a joke right <laughs> yeah it is a joke people yeah. and, Laugh. If you're, and if you're really offended by it then, then you gotta uh, you gotta um, you know uh, inspect the truth of yep. the joke yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean if there's some truth in the joke that offends you then you gotta inspect that and, and, and have your own opinion on it yeah you know? I mean yeah I laugh because I've been to multiple comedy shows where it's like somebody in the crowd gets offended and is willing to speak up on that. And it's like, right. at the same time, bro, you walked into the comedy store. Yeah. You walked in to sit down here, man. What, what like, did you just do this because you knew somebody was going to make you mad? And right. Did, like, like, come on, man. No, no, you're, you're, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. You're in the wrong place. Um, that's really funny. So um, now we talked a little bit about how like your typecast is a villain, mm-hmm. and to me, I, like I said, I don't I don't see it that way. Um, and uh, you're a relationship guy. I've always yep. seen you in relationships, um, but uh, you've you know uh, you know I've seen you had a few. Uh, yeah. um, so <laughs> so my my point is is like I don't I don't think I can ever unless people are just straight hating on you. I don't see the guy that you know gets along with. Just about everybody mm-hmm. being the villain. Why? Why do you think that is? Or, uh, why, or let me ask it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that that you haven't been seen as the hero instead, as the guy that gets the girl or saves the day, um, or is it just around the corner? Do you think? Uh, I think at some point I, I will be given that spotlight, mm-hmm. and it might it might surprise a few people. Yeah. Because uh, even in the plays that I've done, like I've been Dan in the play Closer, where like at the end he is the villain. Like, right. He's very, but I do, um, according to my peers and everything, I do a great job at playing those people who are almost like mentally unstable. Okay. Like they, they think they're doing right and like the right people can think they're the good guy, but it's yeah. like by the end of the play, like they're, they're not really the good guy because right. up here they're a little, eh, right. like uh, what do you, what do you want to call them, a narcissist or whatever, but um, I, I think it's just, I heard it when I was younger and you don't believe it until I guess you dive into the, the arts, but the nicest guy makes the best villain. That's crazy. That's Cause crazy like you don't, you, you don't get to see him like in that light too. So, mm-hmm. and like, I've never been an angry, loud, violent person. Not that I've known you. No, like I don't yell. Like I, and even in arguments with my significant others, I've never been a yeller. Yeah. I've never been violent. Uh, violence has always been the last answer because the way my dad taught me. So it's like to really be able to tap into that energy and exude it, I think is also uh, revitalizing for me Yeah, because it's something that I don't do. So then when I do it, it's so raw and real that it comes off real. Right. Like, cause I don't, I mean, I'm, I've never understood why you need to yell or get violent. Cause to me that is, it's all immature emotions or or, or like out of immaturity. Right. At the end of the day, because yeah. like you're not getting anywhere productive by doing that. 
for sure. You did remind me of something. I do want to add an answer to my my dream role. I would love yeah. to do some mafia stuff personally. Yeah. Um, oh no, that's already in the picture. Come yeah, on. Now. Yeah. I would love to do that. Just if you're watching casting, yeah. I would love to do that stuff. Let me be my boss. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. an awful. He can't refuse. <laughs> um, but uh, but like in as like a um in like mafia or in like uh, Italian or whatever whatever gangster type of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's always two different types of villain right oh yes there's the calm cool collected and then there's the rambunctious loud obnoxious Mm -hmm. and they all have their they all have their place but to tap in on which which character i'm sorry what what makes a character do which style is like is in-depth research it's in-depth um you know psychoanalysis and i know that's the part of your craft that you've really been honing in on you know man and that's i actually had a great conversation the other day with my nephew who's now like almost as tall as me. And we were talking about Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and the old movie and how how bad per se it was. And then the new one, he was like, I don't get why it was so good and everything like that. And so I broke it down to him and I was like, comes down to one thing, character development. So many shows and movies that we've got from like sub or after 2010 has, in my opinion, been like mindless entertainment where you're right. watching it, it's cool, it's fun, makes you laugh, whatever, feel something. But then at the end of it, it's whatever. And yeah. But in the second Suicide Squad, you had so much character development. So you got to love and learn about each character instead of in the first one. I am a Will Smith fan, but that was the only person you really followed in the entire right. movie. True. And so it was like, okay, yeah, you had one star, but like, let's fall in love with these other characters. Yeah. And so and then we got to talking about the top TV shows and why those are the top TV shows, which are you aware of like the two, the top two shows that were the most watched uh, live when they were airing? No. Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and... You just talked all about Mafia. Yep. Sopranos. Literally. And what do those two shows have? All character development. Literally, man. Every single episode. For sure. So it's like, I want to get, I loved doing that and developing these characters. And I I hope to bring that back to both the TV and and film, man. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think like for me, um, I, that was the part where I was like, continue to learn like when i was there i was uh unfortunately i didn't work uh, at mac but in my studio i was still very surface area you know very um you want to bring out emotion you want to do this but like i hadn't i hadn't honed in on my craft enough to say like oh yeah i'm really working on the character development and what mm-hmm. what makes um you know uh this guy that's uh let's say he's a security guard not scared or scared you know there's something in that guy's past that makes him either scared of the moment or not scared of the moment diving into that is the real stuff that as a viewer, yes. we don't really understand. We just see this amazing performance. Yes. But as the performer, you know, there's so much work that goes into that. Yeah. And just the admiration I have for for the, the arts is, is insane. So how, how is the city right now with all the strike stuff going on? Oh, man, the strike. It's, it's crazy right now. You, everybody, not everybody, but most of my friends are all uh, not able to work right now because they're in the SAG stuff. You are able to do small projects, indie films, uh, and as a SAG actor, you can work them if they're not paid, but you're very frowned upon if you're not, like, with the masses right now. Of course, of course. But thinking positively, because we always try and do that, right, as actors, uh, we're thinking, uh, it's come September, this will all be done with, and if it gets worked out the way that we hope it will, at the end of the day, we're all going to be better off. Yeah. Because, like, these CEOs... (laughs) You don't need that much money, man. Nah, they make hey, your family's family's family doesn't yeah. need that much money. Yeah, and it's it's you know obviously like in, in business like the person who funds it gets the what like gets the most about what but 
I what I try to do at this company and for any creators or whatever, whoever, if you're watching and you wanted to work here, like with every person that I do a show with. And if I'm uh, uh, you know, like you don't have to look and see what the deal is or have a meeting with me. Mm-hmm. We have an equal partnership in the success of it. Right. Yes. And collaborative and collaborate. It's a collaborative effort. I don't mm-hmm. win if you don't win. Period. Hands down. Yep. You know, that's how it should and, be. And, and sometimes and it's it should be like that. The, what, a, what a, from a business owner's perspective, right? Because I have to think both ways and I have owned businesses before. Mm-hmm. There's also like, okay, well, are you going to take the same risk that I'm going to take? Because if this movie doesn't do well, what, are you going to shell out the 50 million or whatever it is, right? Yep. So I have to think about it from both ways. But um, whenever a movie is successful or whenever a show or whatever the project is successful, you know, there has to be compensation. And um, also, you know, there, there might have to be a little bit more risk on the actor side, you know? Like, yeah. it, there's, it's all stuff to talk about. We'll let them figure it out. I know as a consumption... As a consumer of entertainment, um, I hope that they get it all figured out. Yeah, so. it's, it's honestly, it's <clears throat> it's very sad. I mean, yeah. just to give you like some some transparent insight, like I'll, I've worked some jobs and it's like one hundred fifty dollars a day, and it's like, bro, I'm, you make more than that as a server at your basic restaurant out in LA. <laughs> right, so it's like, sure. how are you expecting these actors that that wait for these roles and they get paid one hundred fifty a day? Oh, by the way, ten percent of that goes to your manager, ten percent of that goes, or twenty percent uh, if it's a non union job. And then on top of that, taxes too. So that 150 really quickly turns into like 115, 120 right. bucks. And you ain't surviving in LA off that. Heck no. And then I just got picked up to do uh, a job uh, on the back end of stuff to help with behind the scenes stuff. And I mean, and I, I'm very thankful for it, but it pays $300 a day. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I was in front of the camera <laughs> for these same team like two months ago and I was getting half, half daily. Like, what? It's insane. Excuse me, but I feel like this is a little backwards. Right, a little like, bit. Just a little like bit. it's not as hard to drive a truck to set and make sure everything's set up as it is to memorize these lines, get yeah. in front, and perform them in the little time yeah. that you have, and be vulnerable and be vulnerable to everybody in yes. the planet. You know, there's there's a there's a big emphasis of that, and like a lot of people don't understand the vulnerability mm-hmm. part of it. It's it's uh you're letting people into your soul. Yeah. <laughs> like actually. So, yeah. um, they're, you know, hopefully they, they find a way to compensate everybody. Oh, for we that. will. Um, we're running, uh, time wise. We're, we're right about there, but before we take off, is there any questions that you have for me? Oh man. When are we going to do a project together, bro? Oh God, bro. You know, I, I'll fly to LA. I'll spend whatever time I got to do there. If we want to do something here, I would love to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how the pockets are. I don't know about producing something, but we could talk. I would love to. I would love to do. Please keep me in mind. Whatever you got going on. Oh, you always are, bro. And, and like, my, I'll uh, read too. A long, <laughs> uh, a dream of mine is to honestly, because I'm in LA, but LA's not home, brother. Of course, and it never will be. Yeah, no, this is me. home. <clears throat> so I really want to bring production back to Detroit because I believe this city can and will get back to where it once was in the 60s bro like there's no reason why it can't for sure and the creative can do that for this city i do believe that because it's already seen with its artwork and its Mm -hmm. buildings so it's like why not bring back that entertainment we were already motown baby exactly why not just do a little 180 exactly and and build build on the energy and the momentum that has been slowly slowly happening but you're right i mean i'm a big believer like a lot of metropolitan areas are successful based on entertainment and education so as long as you continue to invest in those two things it all trickles out you know it all trickles out so if you look at history and everything after all these wars and stuff that we had what was what popped yeah, entertainment for sure. The, the the theater and film. People want to get away. They want to get distracted from mm-hmm. reality per yeah, se. Exactly. And it's like right now with everything that's going on, I truly believe that twenty twenty four through twenty thirty four, we're gonna pop 
Let's get it. Let's yeah. get it. As creatives, bro. Mr. Wonderful even said it. The mo- the people who are going to make the most money are creatives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming through. It will not be the last time. No, That's a promise. Um, hopefully, we have a lot more to talk about and some of the projects that you had uh, you know, uh, mentioned um, are out and we can talk about them and review them and talk about those experiences. But love you, brother. Thank you for coming through. Really Dude, appreciate you. Thank you, fam. Appreciate you. Oh yeah, let me get appreciated, G. Let me get appreciated real quick. Let me get another one, man. Let me get another appreciated. Uh, Anything else before we take off? I love you, bro. Can't wait to grow with you. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We'll see ya.